Business, the blog and podcast for game changers and innovators in the construction industry. Hello and welcome to episode 70 of the AEC Business Podcast. I'm Arni Heiskanen and my guest is Andrew Watts, CEO of New Technique, a building engineering and technology company. Hi, Andrew. Great to have you on the podcast. Great. Uh, thank you, Arnie. Great to be on the podcast. Very excited to uh, to be able to talk to you and to uh, and to share the the vision of the new technique. We ac- actually haven't spoken before or met in in person. So, can you say a few words about yourself? Yes, uh, I'm an engineer, uh, and uh, I uh, lead a new technique. Uh, we uh, design as uh, building engineers. Uh, we design structures, facades. And environment, and um, we do environmental design and MEP uh, for um, complex projects, high-profile projects, with with well-known architects and with uh, the world's biggest firms of building contractors. That's 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 all we do. We don't have any other kind of work. As far as I've seen your work, it looks very, as you said, very special kind of projects and very impressive. So, uh, how did your company first come about? Um, we uh, we started the firm in in originally. Uh, we got going in 1998 uh, with uh, with work on the uh, Federation Square project in Melbourne. Uh, this was where we knew the architect, and uh, they needed a facade engineer and uh, to, uh, to 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 do something that had not been constructed before. Uh, now I'd worked for uh, I'd worked for for various companies beforehand who specialised in doing difficult projects. Uh, so I worked at uh, Jean Nouvel. I was a sort of the only kind of architectural engineer at uh, Jean Nouvel's office in Paris uh, at, at the time. Um, I did a similar similar kind of role at uh, Norman Foster's office, um, but always mm-hmm. always with the aim of um, setting up um, um, setting up a firm. Where, which could be dedicated to uh, the high-end engineering of of uh, complex projects. Um, so, so we started in in our first project. When I say our, uh, by that time, uh, by that time, I was married uh, to my to my partner, the business partner, uh, Yasmin Yasmin Watts. Uh, she's an architect, and I'm primarily an engineer. And we went to Australia, and we we had to invent a building system out of out of nothing. Uh, which was fantastic. By, by that time, we'd already had quite a lot of experience between us. Uh, uh, Yasmin uh, used to work for the, for the architect Renzo Piano, and so we both were used to working on very uh, ambitious projects. Um, now, often, often when you're working directly for the architect, um, it, in the years gone by, it's been difficult to to enable or to bring to life new technologies uh, because uh, the architect uh, has a certain skill set. And that tends to be increasingly linked to urban design and not to technical design. Um, so the perfect solution for us was to start up our own company. And our first project was Federation Square. And we worked on that um, uh, in, the, in the late 90s. Um, and then after that, uh, we sort of stumbled around. We, we were, ha- were struggling to find a new project uh, to work on. Uh, but a big project came up in Dubai. And then in 2003, we, we, we moved to Dubai for the construction of, of a big project there. Um, we then came back to, to, to London, having, having uh, designed basically 26 facade systems in, in two years um, and tested them all. 
uh, we built up a lot of uh, testing uh, design and testing capabilities during that time in Dubai uh, for being able to uh, design our own technologies and uh, test them um, in real time during a project. Um, so that amazing time in when Dubai was growing meant that almost anything was possible um, so long as you could deliver. Um, and the the owner was very keen to have authentic technologies. He didn't want to. The owner didn't want to have a, a have a prestige mixed use project that was kind of looks looked cool, but but was quite ordinary. Uh, he wanted something real, um, and we delivered all of that. So that was a huge um, boost for us. And uh, during that time, uh, we developed a a. Um, um, we, we, we developed a testing, uh, a, a prototyping and testing capability with Cambridge University in the UK, um, where I was a student, uh, you know, a long time ago. And uh, we then uh, developed a, uh, we, that turned into an industrial partnership. So it meant that our, our facade engineering and structural engineering um, and supported by the environmental engineering, that could all be done by prototyping uh, things and physically testing them. Uh, to make sure it all worked, um, and that was done before before anybody started building anything, so or before any contracts were awarded. Um, and of, and previously, a, a big um, limitation in technical design of buildings uh, is that uh, uh, if the testing and the feasibility at the technical point of view has not been substantiated before before the bidding process, before the tender process, then the risk all passes on to the contractor. He usually doesn't have very much time to get everything tested and approved. So the fact that we were able to build that into our workflow and make it work within standard, you know, standard to, to low-level uh, fees uh, as, as engineers, the fact we managed to get that all to work meant that we could transform the business um, you know, transform our 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 uh, engineering practice into something that was designed to uh, to fabrication. Um, another part was that um, we uh, really since uh, since those since the time in the in the 90, late 1990s, three um, D modeling started to come um, started to be something that answered all the frustrations of designers. Um, which was you didn't quite know if it was going to fit until you until you made it, mm. kind of thing. You get to understand something through um, through through three uh, D modeling and simulations. So with finite element modeling became much more ambitious. Uh, the the software's got 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 much more technically uh, capable. Uh, the the uh, the three D modeling became uh, much more uh, uh, much much uh, faster to use and uh, the interface with all the different softwares gradually improved so that you could do things very very fast and uh, and speed uh, means you can iterate and iterate means you can get lots of options and design developed designs developed um, in a short space of time and that so the 3d modeling allowed us to understand uh, behavior. So whereas an architect wants to have options which are like snapshots of different ideas, um, we as engineers want to understand the behavior of those ideas. So we want to be able to push and pull them, twist them, move things around to see what happens to the structure, to the envelope, uh, 
when you make changes. So we can say, okay, this structure, this, this design, this envelope is tending towards this kind of shape. Um, uh, if it, so to make it economic, let's maybe, if you want to make it economic, let's push it in that direction. Let's push it in this direction in terms of the design. So we're, we're really able with these digital tools um, to, to be able to increase the, the level of, of design certainty and then push that straight into prototyping uh, very fast. Um, so in common with lots of other people, we, we use 3D printers. Uh, we've got a nice engineering one uh, in, uh, in the office. And, um, and that, uh, that uh, links to our sort of huge chest of computers that, um, that, we, that we use. Um, so so, the, so we, we now run the firm like a, more like a car design studio than, uh, than a regular firm of, um, of uh, engineers, building engineers. Uh, consultants, we, we we have the huge models inside a big a big uh, chest of of computers. There are no PCs. We we do not own any PCs. Um, it's a huge chest linked to um, it, linked to uh, independent um, remote desktops. Everyone works off the server. Everyone works off the same models, um, and then we can design it as you would a car, uh, and using the kind of engineering software um, that um, and the, well the methods useful used to design um used to design precision engineering assemblies um so so that's a kind of overview of how we work and how we got there um and uh from from the uh, once we in uh, from dubai where we built up a quite a strong uh, testing and prototyping um uh, regime we then uh, moved back to the uk in 2005 um we then were introduced to um, leading architects um, in London, uh, as well as architects we used to work for, and uh, built up a business um, where where half half our work is with um, leading architects, and the other half is with uh, the big contractors. Um, often the contractors have got a, a, a design they've been given, um, and they just have to build it. So they've got limited information. They need to do the they, the design needs to be completed, and it's always ambitious projects not um, something they could do themselves. So something that requires a whole new workflow um, and a whole new way of being able to design and innovate in a short period of time, you know, and, and at a reasonable cost. Um, so, um, uh, so we've been working on projects uh, over the past uh, 12 years, 13 years now in, in, in the London office, and we've built that up. Um, so we have our We've uh, strengthened our industrial partnership uh, with Cambridge University Engineering Department, and we've uh, got our own office now in Cambridge, um, which is a research and development office, um, and with in, uh, which is the next near the university. Uh, it used to be in the university, uh, but we got kicked out because you know it's uh, kind of space is precious. Um, so we've uh, we've got our own office in Cambridge, and uh, we we're replicating that now in uh, in Oxford. Um, just uh, for our, our because our research and development um, it needs to be done simultaneously across you know several projects um, and um, in, in addition to Oxford we 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 are opening um, four offices in the United States uh, we've opened one in in uh, in uh, Los Angeles uh, the second one was opened last week in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, so in, in Los Angeles, we're linked closely to, to UCLA, 
and USC, uh, two uh, universities that um, can, can do the kind of testing, structural testing and environmental testing and support technical support we need in um in san francisco bay area we're now linked to stanford um so we're getting a kind of testing going uh testing going with them for and you know, mainly prototyping and some and some testing um and then two two other offices uh that we that we are opening uh, one one is in atlanta um and the other is is in uh, uh, houston um because we are linked uh in in houston we're linked uh, to Rice University um, for testing, and in Atlanta, we're linked to uh, Georgia Tech. So, so as you see, we we need a we need a um, a, a an elite university um, near nearby for us to be able to deliver um, to uh, deliver designs uh, which are highly resolved uh, to 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 local markets. So you know we've got to be local. We've we've also got uh, research going on um, uh, with uh, with MIT and Princeton, uh, but those those we're not considering to be offices. Those are kind of um, um, you know getting things worked out kind of kind of bases. Um, so so with the four with the four offices we are uh, we are starting on projects uh, in, ac- across the United States, but based locally. Um, and that being being local is a is a new global trend, you know the local globalization I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, as part of that, we we're opening well we have opened an office in uh, in in Riyadh in Saudi Arabia to serve um, the um, engineering design work we're doing on the Riyadh metro system across the several several stations. So we've got an office there as well now, which which we're which which we're linking to a Saudi a Saudi university. Right. Yeah, sounds really exciting to me. <laughs> and and, and oh, thank you. Yeah, but I guess uh, in terms of clients, uh, yeah. do you do you actually choose your clients, or how how do you define if if something is worth pursuing? Um, well, it has to be. I, I mean, um, people usually choose us, so so they come to us and say we have a big problem. We see you've worked on this project, and we think that's a kind of thing that would be very useful to do. So, so they contact us, and then we 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 have a typically a, a long-term relationship with with, uh, with with clients. So, we have a lot of repeat work. So, we try and understand their company culture and understand what they're trying to to achieve. So, often the, it has to be you know we have to have the right fit between the between the companies, um, and we we are. Um, we are people who like um, designing for its own sake. So um, we like we'd rather design something than um, buy something. So um, I think, given the choice, we would always spend all the fees on doing a good design for a, a building rather than um, rather than uh, doing a simpler building and buying a nice a, a car designed by someone else. You know, I think we want to do all our own designing. You know. So so. Um, so, uh, as you can imagine, we've got terrible cars, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so we we like to work with people who enjoy designing for its own sake because it's a it's it's a public service, um, and uh, it's our role uh, to um, you know since we're lucky enough to work on these projects, it's our role to provide um, public spaces, public facilities for people um, who really enjoy just being in those buildings. 
to add add to life. So the kinds of people we work with are people who have a similar a similar mindset, uh, really, who enjoy designing because it's really fun, and it also means you can um, you can uh, uh, enjoy the process. You know, so I mean, if so, if you enjoy designing um, and solving difficult problems, then you know, we then those are the people that we that we work with. Uh, if somebody want, just wants something as a quick kind of idea but without following it through, then that's quite a problem because we are, it's about delivery in the end, you know, it's about execution. If you can't execute, then it's just a kind of a dream. Um, so so uh, those are the people that we work with, people who are really, who, who want to make the difference. Um, and they could be anybody, you know, they can be very big contractors, medium-sized contractors, you know, struggling architects or huge firms of architects. Um, um, it's really the mindset about making the world a, you know, a better place because that's what we were trained for. That was that was the dream when we were students. You know, we were going to be part of the future. So we're just doing what we're trained to do, really, at um, at university. You you mentioned a lot, said a lot about the technologies that you use and so on, but yeah. Uh, it boils down to people finally how do you find the right people and how do you uh, develop their skills uh you mean people who work with uh, in yeah. the firm or people in that we well, in, in the firm yes it, yeah people who work in the firm uh, come from leading universities so um and uh and um, um they they find it to be a safe environment to be able to to have a have a go at lots of things that may not be very successful, um, so there are a lot of things that that don't go forward. Lots of things that are tried and don't really succeed, um, and and um, people who 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 have quite a a um, a mindset of wanting to achieve quite difficult things, um, and that that suits that suits us. I mean, it took many years for me, for instance. Um, you know, to be able to, when I was working, you know, when I was working and then um, somebody said, oh, what we really, what we really like is the, is the tidy mind, you know, and I was told when I was a child that having a tidy mind was some sort of defect. Um, and, um, at, and at university, I was told, oh, great, you, you, you should join this team because you've got a curious mind. Again, as a child, I was told that having a curious mind just gets you into trouble. Um, so, 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 um, so when you, when, when things which don't fit into the rest of the world, um, you, you know, uh, you could, if you can find places that where you can be yourself, then, then that people are drawn, are drawn to that. To wherever it might be, and, and and in our case, people are drawn to just doing things, quite difficult things, because it's a great thing to do uh, in safety, um, you know, without having to be super efficient or being blamed for something going wrong, or um, you know, that's that uh, safety and feeling that we're all part of something is quite important. And obviously, um, not 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 many firms work or think in the way we do, um, so. Um, so when people arrive, they are quite surprised by the um, by the by the culture of um, of just ha of, of of having a go and being in a safe environment without it having consequences on the final on the final uh, project. Um, the other thing that we do in a more structured way is we use agile management. So so the kind of people who work in the firm are also more like contemporary tech workers. Um, they are more like software developers um, than they are um, 
than they are structure engineers or facade engineers or whatever they might be, you know, as, as, as the as the regular job description. So um, we work with agile management, which means we don't we don't um, spend a lot of time attending meetings and and answering questions. We spend a lot of time doing hit doing two day one day or two day hits, always working in pairs, never working on their own, um, having a kind of mental tennis match of ideas and about how to solve a problem. Um, so the tasks are never more than one day or two days, um, occasionally five days, but not very often. And uh, they work between very strict hours, between nine o'clock and six o'clock. And pretty much after six o'clock, you have to leave the office because, you know, your brain just can't do anything much, uh, you know, very useful after six o'clock. It's very tempting to want to stay all night, you know, and crack it, but, but uh, you know, it just doesn't go, it's not great for the team. So we have this software developer work method of leaving at six o'clock and um, but having quite an intense day, always working in pairs and spending half the time working on the process. So so they, they need to be people who enjoy spending a lot of time designing how they're going to do it, not designing the the um, uh, the uh, engineering assembly, you know, the structure or the facade. So spending a lot of time designing the object is kind of trying to design a process in real time, which is not a good idea. So, so we try not to um, we try not to jump off the cliff and build the aeroplane on the way down to the ground. We 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 like to instead uh, try to design everything beforehand, the process, and then work with a prototype. So, what, whereas we we the building industry or design of buildings it tends to be more oriented towards producing stuff quickly at an early stage we actually like to do it differently by designing the process uh, and understanding how we're going to do it and that informs the way we're going to tackle the design um, how we're going to uh, what what flexibility we're going to provide inside the analysis or inside the concepts what the concepts are tending towards therefore how you tackle the problem so even even if you've got an eight hour problem a one day problem then say can you do this analysis or can you do an option or a piece of structure or or a new facade it's very tempting to just like sketch like crazy and just like throw paper around the office and start drawing things up in the computer but that's very tempting but what we wanted to understand is okay what problem are we solving you know um is this problem would this problem better be solved by a bicycle um, or, you know, or a holiday. Um, do we actually need, you know, what do we need from this facade? What do we actually need from this structure? What's it, what's it doing? And so by starting at a very fundamental level, you can then build up a rational design with the architect, um, but, use, but focusing on the engineering design, letting the architect do the architectural design. Um, so the engineering design, we at least want to spend, that, out of that eight hours, spend four hours, designing the process, what are we trying to do, how do we get there, and then in the afternoon, start, start the task and, um, and then um, um, try something and see what you get, you know, like an experiment. So it's really more like doing an experiment than it is where you have method, you know, like at school, you have preparation, then you write the method, then you do the experiment, then you get the results, then you write a conclusion. Um, you know, you do that when you're, you know, 12 or 13 or something and uh, school, well, I used to anyway. Um, um, so so uh, it's just like doing an experiment and it's all very, and you know what you, what your assumptions were, 
you know what the outputs were, and then you know what the significance was. So as you can see, the kind of people who like that kind of thing um, um, enjoy that, um, and it's quite a, a safe environment. So at the end of the day, you've, you've achieved something, you know, you've learned something. You haven't just tried to fill up a lot of paper okay. with stuff. That sounds really yeah. great <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My my dream job would be like that. <laughs> well, um, you'd be just welcome to come and see us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, I was already involved in uh, computer aided design in the 1980s, and back then we had actually to program our own software. Do you have to do that well, still yeah. today? Yes. Yes, exactly. There's still, um, it's like, it, it doesn't matter how good the software is, you always want to uh, make it either faster or do more things. Um, uh, exactly. Like buying new computers. Every time we, you know, we change the computer system about once every 18 months, uh, and then immediately it's pushed to capacity. You know? it's, <laughs> um, yeah, everything gets, everything is pushed as far as it will go, I guess, in this business. Um you seem to be on the cutting edge already, but how do you see the future from now on? What 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 will happen in in construction, especially in in your field of expertise? Um, I think a, a couple of things are going to change. Um, one is that um, the main the maintaining of buildings, maintenance of buildings, which has long been a, a kind of an add-on, a forced add-on for the design team, uh, is going to become uh, central to the delivery of buildings. So. Um, increasingly, um, the world is seeking services, not uh, not objects. Um, so, so, so a building becomes um, more of a service. You know, you're delivering an object, but you're showing how it's going to be maintained, uh, when things might need to be changed, um, how things need, how often they need to be cleaned. Um, so, so the building becomes much more a, an object to be. To be to be looked after uh, more more like an, an you know a, a living organism than a than an inert um, symbol. Um, so um, I think when I was when I was a student, there was a lot of discussion about things aging gracefully. You know, they should sit there and collect dust and stain in a very elegant kind of way. That suggested that uh, you and your institution had been there for such a long time that you were very respectable as a result of inhabiting this graying, um, this sort of eminence grise, as the French would say, this sort of grey eminence of a building. Uh, now uh, we don't put up with that kind of stuff anymore, and uh, we want to be able to change buildings all the time, and want to be able to add to them and upgrade the, uh, the ventilation so we get better better ventilation, better heating, without, in better cooling, but without using and wasting lots of energy. Um, so so the way of looking after a building is going to become very important, um, and uh, that's going to be increasingly um, sort of par partially automated. There are already sensors in buildings that's kind of arriving to, to sensor for or a loss of uh, thermal insulation or movement or whatever it might be. That's one thing. Uh, the second thing is the way buildings are constructed, I think, are are going to change. And they're going to become much more back to the 19th century pre-industrial world of using the building site as the place where you make buildings. Um, now, we've just, in the building industry, we've just got round eventually to, to opening factories and making 
facade systems and pieces of structure and pieces of, of uh, mechanical and electrical equipment in, in factories into into uh, modules and delivering them to site. Just at the time when everyone else is getting out of that business, um, everyone else is getting into mass customization and uh, much more delivery of a service um, and less of a less of a remotely designed object. Um, so I think there's going to be there's going to be a big change where um, where where we join that trend, that global trend, and buildings have prefabricated pieces, components that are brought to site and then they're assembled on the job site and then put into place. Um, so we're going to move away from having big blocks of big modules arriving um, um, where, where you, then you get quite a limited uh, differentiation in the design. Uh, instead, it'll be moving to, uh, to what we refer to as construction labs where um, where uh, the... the uh, the uh, um, building has the space around it, being able to use to to fabricate um, components or to 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 assemble components, um, and that will um, that will reduce the the kind of transportation waste in transporting a lot of things which are often quite lightweight in you know light in weight but very bulky. Um, so we end up transporting a lot of air around on trucks. Um, so instead, if you bring all those components as we used to. Then, um, as being engineered, prefabricated components, they're then clipped together, um, clipped together, and um, assembled, uh, assembled on site. So um, um, the the whole construction process will return to its pre-industrial significance, where the act of putting things together is is a is a is a, a very important task. On the job, on the job site, and we currently have a sort of differentiation where, in the factory, we expect everything to be very closely controlled, but or, or, but always with a view to um, to a lot of uh, mass production. So by the time somebody gets to the hundredth facade panel, then they really know how to fit the seals properly, you know. Um, but in, but um, um, they, but instead, if that if that's moved away from the factory um, and it's done on site, then the the second issue, which is installation, then becomes um, becomes a a more significant task, because because right now often um, uh, the uh, it, with a steel structure with uh, with prefabricated facades, often you're simply installing things. So you're something has been made somewhere else, you're clipping it into place, um, and you have no real feeling for how the whole thing fits together or how it might. Be better done better next time um so so i think with building sites will 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 become increasingly um uh, uh places where work is done and and, and increasingly places where people learn um what will learn uh, during the job so they become sort of universities of construction as well um where the skills of learning something is happens every day every hour you're learning something new and you're applying it directly on the on the uh, on the project on the on on the craft of the building, that'll move us away from the kind of bar chart uh, world of um, you know I have a bar here that says someone's going to deliver something, and I have another bar that follows it that says someone's going to install it. Instead of that kind of late 20th century mass production kind of model, um, we'll be moving to a, to a much more kit of parts, uh, putting it together on site as a 
as a as a as a as, as a craft, something where we really enjoy doing it, and and where we're doing that on projects, um, particularly in the Middle East, you can make things locally. You know, so so building contractors who have never done anything ambitious can suddenly do things which are very ambitious, because they get a lot of uh, they got a lot of information from New Technic. They're shown how to put things together, and they can see that they can do it. Um, there isn't the idea of having to import it from, um, you know, from uh, from Europe or wherever it might be. Um, they can actually do stuff right there, right there and then. So, so the kind of local things being done locally as a result, made locally, the building being put together locally, um, you know, generating uh, generating jobs, generating confidence, generating education locally, developing, you know. Uh, possibilities, um, which are social, which we know, which we notice the kinds of people uh, working on building sites in the Middle East. I mean, it's quite amazing, you know, people who you wouldn't expect kind of to be there. Um, and uh, they are there. And that's fantastic because they have a, a role to play in getting it to happen, um, um, you know, that, which is a real uh, practical role. So I think I think this is a this sort of local fabrication and and developing everything being being local um, is uh, going to be the way forward with components that are obviously fabricated um, away from the site, you know, connectors and glass and stuff. But the act of assembly, the act of creating a building, I think, will take on um, more um, will, will take on a more crafting a crafted uh, approach, but without the high cost of the pre-industrial world um so so yeah those are two things maintenance and on-site construction well perhaps if our listeners want to learn more about you or your company how can can they find more information um they can go to our website which is uh, newtechnic.com so that's uh, technic without the h um and uh, N-E-W-T-E-C-N-I-C.com, and they can see there are projects, our, our approach, and uh, there are contact forms. They can drop us a line, see if there's anything they want to add or say. We very much welcome uh, people's comments about uh, about the firm and what we should do next, um, what they like or what, what they don't like. Um, we, we, we're very welcomed. We uh, we very much welcome uh, any any feedback from uh, from your listeners. Great. Well, Andrew, thank you very much. And it was a pleasure talking with you and all the best to your work. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to, uh, to, uh, to you. And, and, uh, and uh, I hope uh, that uh, we're able to speak soon. Mm-hmm.